0: West Virginia Writers Podcast Bonus Show Number 6. Hola, listeners, and welcome to Bonus Show Number 6 for the West Virginia Writers Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Fritschews. This week's bonus show continues our near-month-long theme of Lee Maynard-based podcasting. Now, for those of you tuning in for the first time, episodes 20 and 21 of the regular podcast are parts 1 and 2 of a recorded conversation between Lee and West Virginia Writers First Vice President Kat Pleska, which... <coughs> not you, too. Looks like Big Sister's been teaching the new puppy some bad manners. All right, listen, Moose. I've said it a million times, I'll say it again. A. Stay out of the studio when I'm recording. And B. Cat Pleska's not really a cat. I know, I know. Cats are loads of fun to chase. And if you ever meet Mrs. Pleska, you're welcome to try. But she's still not really a cat. No, I don't care that she gave up her Facebook page because of all the hate mail from dogs. Yes, while her name is indeed Cat, your name is also indeed Moose, but that doesn't make you a large cumbersome beastie who's fond of devouring woody plant material, and it doesn't make her a cat. Now go away and let me finish. As I was trying to say, today's bonus show is a recorded live reading of Lee Maynard reading the opening chapter of his new fictional memoir, The Pale Light of Sunset, Scattershots and Hallucinations in an Imagined Life. It was recorded during his appearance at the West Virginia Book Festival this past October.
1: 1936, the first chapter, is simply titled The Parlor. I am born in the parlor of my grandmother's house. I come screaming into the world among the only valuable things my grandmother owns. There's a small settee on which no one is allowed to sit, a tiny table of unknown origin, a pump organ which no one plays, a strange polka dot vase with a string of white glass coiling around it, doilies on everything. And me, pulled into the world by a midwife I would never know and would never meet again. I am born in West Virginia. I am a West Virginian, and as all of us are, I am a child only of West Virginia and of nowhere and of no one else. As I grow older and my mother brings me in from the mountains to visit my grandmother, I realize in my child mind that my grandmother's house is the only place in the world where I feel safe where I feel comfortable. Each time, before I even go inside, I can smell the biscuits my grandmother bakes, larger than any biscuits I have ever seen, larger than my hand. My grandmother feeds me biscuits and homemade jelly, and then I go back outside to play. There's a cherry tree in the front yard, and a small grape arbor stands sagging in the sunlight at the side of the house. There's a small garage, a shed, and a chicken house and a vegetable garden where my grandmother grows what her family eats. I loved to play in the tall grass just beyond the garden, spending hours scratching in the dirt, digging trenches, building forts of sticks and twine, moving imaginary cowboys, Indians, and soldiers through cataclysmic battles. Fifty years go by before I learned that one of my mother's sisters, a twin, had been stillborn in the same parlor. A stillborn twin a sure sign of a curse on my grandmother's family. It was too much for my grandmother and her family to bear. No one must know. And there was another reason. There was no money for tiny burials. In the stillness and quiet of a black summer night, with waves of heat pouring down the valley and out across the rivers in the distance, with the heavy scent of honeysuckle hanging in the air, the tiny body was named, wrapped in my grandmother's prize quilt, and buried in a hand-duck grave beneath the tall grass, just beyond the vegetable garden. But I do not grow up in my grandmother's house. I only visit there, and then I do not visit at all. And far away on the downside of my life, my grandmother a long time gone, I find the house gone too. There is nothing but a shallow imprint upon the earth. I lie down on the grass and stare upward in the pale steel sky, and I realize that had I too been stillborn, I would lie here forever next to an aunt whose name I never knew. I close my eyes and smell the faint aroma of biscuits baking in a wood-burning stove.